0: As you get older, you overthink and can talk yourself out of anything. It's good to be a bit reckless and experimental. Naomi Watts Bending Not Breaking, Episode 8 Winter Solstice Part 2 Avatar Roku You normally let me do that. I know, I felt reckless. Oh, you jumped in and did it. You did it. I'm proud of you. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. Episode 8, Winter Solstice Part 2. Subtitle, Avatar Roku. Which, uh, he's pretty important. And pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to get into that part of the story, but we gotta go through the rest of it first. Um, but welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, I am Sunshine Mayfield. This is Ben Pruitt. And this is another episode of Bending Not Breaking. And we are excited because we are looking through this episode with a lens of recklessness. Recklessness. Which is a—it's an interesting lens for this episode and everything that goes down in it. Yeah, I, we've talked about this before, but like picking lenses
1: for as we watch is, is interesting. It's an interesting process because... Just to be transparent with our listeners, I think that we wanna pick a lens that's generally not something that's like right on the nose for something that's like so obvious that we see everywhere, but we also wanna pick something that is helpful to, maybe we want to talk about this because we are in the mood and sometimes we're like, this is going on in our country right now, so we wanna use this lens as a, as a motivator to talk about X, Y, or Z. But um, this one was interesting because I had trouble sometimes taking notes. I was like, "What am I? What What is reckless in this, and what isn't?" And Good.
0: there's a lot of action in this, yeah. and so there's not necessarily a lot of like character, or, like how do we dive into this? But that action comes at a price, and so I think that it gives us the ability to to talk about recklessness a little bit. But before we get into that, I've got to do my part, and the dwindling word recap because so we are down to 13 words what an unlucky number well i think i'm gonna be lucky in the way that i do it maybe not lucky because i prep for it but eh. here it goes <gasps> heroes enter fire nation so ang can talk to roku ang learns lots that was a reckless try. I think we
1: really need to hear from our listeners to see if they can do a better job.
0: First of all, I think it was a great try, but I will debatable. I don't need your validation in that. I'm pretty stoked about what I came up with. You got 12 words next time, and it's only getting harder it's only every time. Getting harder. <laughs> so um, we can go right into it. We open up on Ang having a really difficult time getting Appa to leave. For the Fire Nation, which we know he needs to go to because he told us in the last episode that he's got to find this temple on this Crescent Island so that he can talk to Roku on the yeah. Winter Solstice. And Appa's not having it. No. He's like, I have zero intention of
1: going here. Yeah, and so like, so is Appa sentient enough to be able to be like, Aang, yo, this is reckless. I am not doing this. Like, what's the deal here? Why is Appa fighting
0: back? I also wonder if it's partly because... Sokka and Katara aren't with him. Interesting. And so I wonder if and, and Sokka even mentions that, like, maybe Oppa's trying to tell you something like that this is dangerous yeah. and we should be there with you. Because Aang's coming from this place of it's too dangerous, you shouldn't go. Well, and Aang's coming from a place,
1: like, it's dangerous for me not to go. I, this is so urgent and so important. I, right? have, to I have to go. But I don't want you to have to be at risk because of it. Well, it's interesting, like, what what is perceived as reckless in this moment. Because we learn that what he learns is important enough that it was worth the risk. Oh, absolutely. Right? Where, But going into it, like, this, this risk... Uh, evaluation is really hard because we don't know if it's worth it because we learn like there's there's a blockade there's so many things that could lead to their getting captured and getting hurt and imprisoned and we know it's worth it but the cost is very high here
0: and they see that and so they see this as reckless behavior but they decide that they're gonna, they're saying hey if you're going to do this we, you're going to do it with us and we're going to be there to, to help you through it um and so they, they they take off Katara and Saka get on Appa as well and, and they join and then Zuko um, shows up yeah well so Aang Aang has the vision he has the vision of the comet again so you know that he's the, he's like I've gotta go do this it's just reinforcement in that the villagers tell Aang to move fast Aang's like Thank you for it. And the village. No, goes, go, no, just, just go. Like, seriously, like, we... Niceties out the window at this point. Like, just get going. And thank goodness, because Zuko shows up, like, five minutes later. Mm-hmm. And in that process, just kicks over that village elder through a door. What a jerk. Um, he really wants to find the Avatar. And then we get to this place where Uncle Iroh warns Zuko. Well, um, well, let's talk about
1: that for a second, though, before we get there. Because I feel like Zuko is living a reckless life in general right now his goal to find the avatar is in my eyes a reckless endeavor right and so he is consistently involved in reckless behavior like he's so blinded by his goal that it leads to him pushing breaking down this door attacking this village uh, attacking a group of people that like when he easily probably could have gotten that
0: information without being so intimidating and so reckless right right well and well maybe maybe because if he said if he walks up and says hey like I need you to tell me about the avatar and what just took place here that guy might know he's Fire Nation and be like absolutely not like good luck yeah um and so sometimes it's like Z- that's the only skill set. Zuko is well. That's exactly I was saying. Th- I was like, thinking that's... about it as the villain from uh, *Inglorious Bastards*, where like he's able to kind of sit down at a table and like be all proper, and it's Christoph Valtz, and he's just like, "So these are the things that I'm seeing." Potentially one of the best acting jobs in the history of ever. Yeah, it's a gr- he's great in it, but I mean, he is calm. He's like, "This is what I'm seeing, and let's talk a little." And he's able to kind of like slowly eat things out of a person until he gets the information he wants. Zuko doesn't have that skill set.
1: No no, <laughs> no so, he does like, not.
0: So he's, he's just using well, the tools like that he's recklessness got. is his skill set, right? He
1: is like literally wrecking things all over the place in order to achieve
0: his goals. Well and so and it, it works out for Zook. So we get to the point where they are chasing the avatar they're on his tail. I got a question about the avatar. why are they flying so low? Like we see in a second that there's cloud cover everywhere. Why why are they under the clouds? They know where they're going. Well, you dip down every once in a while to make sure you're still on course, well, but you, you don't just fly you don't fly low like that. You Aang.
1: just took what I was gonna say. I was like maybe they need to see where they're going and maybe they need to have that directional right. uh impetus. You drop but...
0: down once or twice to make sure you're still on
1: track. Well, is this playing right into Aang's nature though, where he's generally a trusting person and he doesn't know like and realize how much the Fire Nation is after him after him and yeah. like is it this is it his assumption of goodness and people that's putting him in the situation or it's just something he didn't think about is it his naivete that is making him exhibit this reckless behavior
0: yeah i don't know but so they're flying low but second we get we get uncle sits sister and says what
1: a pretentious word naivete i
0: don't think people pronounce it that way you're like that's in the naivety <laughs> nope. <laughs> not, heavy. not You're heavy. you're being naive. Your nativity. <laughs> That's a different thing. Um But it is you see Uncle Iroh warns Zuko, hey, like, honestly, like we we get away with some reckless stuff sometimes, but like, you can't do this. And he goes foolish. This is foolish. Well, and he sits there and Because Zuko sits there and says, I my dad will understand he told me to get the avatar and i'm doing that well, so it'll he, be like cool. it, and at the end ultimately he says i have no choice right but even Iroh sits there and says your dad is not as tr- like this is one of the first times where he's come out and said like you give him too much credit like you give him too much credit your dad is not as trusting as you and he's zuko has said things like this before where i was just kind of been like eh, maybe but this is like he's out and out like no like this is dumb this is reckless don't do it and so at what point again do our misguided beliefs and information lead us to believe that we have to go into these dangerous situations when that's, that's not actually the case and it's not true right right so the narrative we're telling ourselves is, is i have to do this well, the reality he, is he doesn't he could probably well, get away with just turning like, around and
1: zuko could have easily been like i'm gonna track him and when he comes out i'm gonna get him when he comes out of the fire nation
0: which is tough to do in a globe setting yes but but he could have at least like coasted around in the earth-bending waters until yeah like he easily could have made a safe quote decision Mm -hmm. right which is what iroh was asking him to do so one you get aang being a little reckless flying under cloud cover zuko being reckless. zuko being reckless and then zhao being a jerk correct we see that there's a brigade there (laughs) We see there's a brigade, and then everyone starts firing on the avatar. Well, and like I, I find it so interesting and
1: so telling about Zhao's character that like
0: he is. I don't, I don't care
1: who, what, who we hit. Right? He's a traitor anyway.
0: He's a traitor anyways. He bested me already. If I can kill him, then I don't have to live with that shame anymore. Exactly. Right. So that's just two birds with one stone or one yeah. flaming fireball. Well, and this blockade is also interesting because I think
1: about the like the existence of a blockade and right now we're dealing with this whole concept of like a wall for the United States separating the United States and Mexico and this whole like idea of this blockade and this wall and this this stuff and like what is the purpose and what does it achieve right and so this blockade is there to protect from reckless behavior Right, that's my assertion here, is that the Fire Nation has this blockade to prevent, quote, reckless earthbenders or reckless others that are not Fire Nation from getting into the nation and doing something that would harm the Fire Nation. Mm -hmm. The Fire Nation would not need this wall, this blockade, if they were not doing something that was not okay to the rest of the world. Right, right, and and and, yeah, because the Fire Nation is the one that's initiating this this wall, right? If you will, right. And it's interesting to me that we feel so compelled to put up a wall when we are the ones
0: committing the atrocity. Just putting that out there. Speaking from a Fire Nation sense, yes, absolutely, (laughs) yeah. Um, We being the Fire Nation, right? And so, but and and it doesn't work. Like, Aang, Aang flies over it, you get, Appa gets a couple burn burn moments, and so, um, but we, and the question I ask is, you know, is it is it truly reckless if you have to weigh the pros and cons of what you're doing, and you see that the outcome is either, one, I fly through this, which seems reckless now, or two, I don't, but that could lead to the end of the world. And so... When you what happens when you weigh the pros and cons? Is his behavior really reckless when you think of the outcomes of what takes place if it does if he doesn't do it? So you know, I'm gonna Seems calculated to me. Yeah, I agree, but I'm also gonna bring up something here
1: that really like struck me that I was like, tell me more about this and I'm genuinely curious. So like Aang is trying to give Katara and Sokka an out. Like they say, well, we can fly around it. We don't. We can fly north and go around the blockade to get to the island. And then Katara and Soccer at this point are like, "Nope, we got to go through. We're going to be too late. We got to commit to this." We mm-hmm. gotta... And I, I find it interesting. Like, what was the shift from the beginning of the episode to now, where at the beginning they were like, "No, Ang, you can't do this. This is not okay. We should not go to." No, we have to go at this point. We are committed. We have to, like, charge through.
0: For, for their Right. For their they, they had an out
1: there. Like, they could have said, you're right. We should go north. We should be safe. We shouldn't do this. But as soon as they were committed onto the fact that they were going, period, they're now so gung-ho
0: that we need to bust through the back blockade no we got to do it yeah i think it is a, a little bit of a when you make that choice and make that initial purpose of the, if we're going to do this we're going to do it right and that's like i find that interesting because there are some people who like say all right i guess we'll do it and
1: then they get the first out and they're out right and so like what is the difference between like they go into it and they were all in even though they disagreed with it initially, they said, yes. if it's going to work, we've got to be bought into exactly. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I find that really interesting because there are so many instances in which people will, quote, waffle in and out of it. And they'll be, you know, I, I don't know what I should do. I should, like, should I do it? Should I commit? I'm
0: going to go. I'm going to commit until it's inconvenient for me or at X, Y, and Z, right? right? And you see it in work like, if you see a project team or for whatever job it might be, and someone comes up with a plan, it's not your plan or you disagree with it, but the rest of the team's on board. When that team member says, no, I don't agree, I'm not going to buy into it. And then it doesn't work because of it. Then they go, see, told you it wouldn't work. Versus when it very well would would have have. if they had bought in. And I think that you see that. So like, and I think that they are trusting enough and that Aang told him like we've got to get there and this comet's coming and, and I've got to make this happen and so at this point they're on it and I think that he was changing his mind because he's like I don't know if I like they could die yeah exactly they, I, I need to, to protect them it, like, to the, Aang was
1: so convinced at the beginning and then he goes into this because, because he's wanting to
0: protect them more so than everything else in that moment
1: right yeah and I think it's
0: so fascinating that
1: that shift was big and I like How does that translate? And what does that tell us about like this reckless behavior? Because, frankly, it's reckless whether the the means are worth it or not. Right. It is reckless to go into a fire nation, to a nation in which you are public enemy number one. Right. And to go for the sole purpose of learning information.
0: When I heard the definition earlier, too, it was like having a disregard for the consequences of your actions. And so I almost saw it as the lens of, well... No, I'm very much attuned to what the consequences are going to be, and the consequences are worse if I don't do it. You know, I, like, I question that, because I really question whether Aang,
1: Katara, and Sokka truly understand what it would mean for the
0: world that they are in if Aang got caught. Well, Aang knows because Roku tells him.
1: He doesn't, but but does he know that Not until yet. he yes. talks to right. Roku,
0: Right. right?
1: He doesn't know in this moment how truly imperative it is. Like I, I just. If I, yes, it's reckless. I true. I, I believe it's reckless. It is reckless to go and do this. Yes, did they make a calculated decision in their mind? But from my perspective, it feels reckless. Sure. Even though I'm so convinced that they should do, they should do it. I still
0: think it's reckless. No, oh, absolutely. Right? Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can get on board with that. Um. Well, and so they fly through, and then at this point. They make it through the blockade, and Zuko's got a boat that's on fire. <laughs> it, um, and he's and his and his crew telling him, "Hey, we need to stop so we can fix this." And he says, "Nope, we got to keep going." So he is still he is so I have to catch the Avatar, and because it's right in front of him, I think it is so perfect. But it's like a dog chasing a car.
1: Blinded by the light. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and so they're worried about the blockade, but the general says, "You know what?" Alright, Commander Zhao says, well, "Stop, this... let him through, so that we can follow him. Because if we got to catch the Avatar, I can get both of them." At does the same this moment time. like evoke for you, Chicken, the game of Chicken? Um, no, no, because I think that it wasn't a. I see the game of Chicken as two people who are going after it, and one person bails out of shame, guilt, fear. I think Commander Zhao bails because he goes it, again. It's a calculated decision. It is not. Yeah. a... It is a. I'm gonna let him through because he's going to lead me to the avatar and I'm going to be able to snag both of them and be the hero. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. And so he does, he lets them through. Well, so let's think about this too.
1: uh, Going back to this Zhao shooting into the air and making the decision to shoot fireballs into the air. So where is the line between recklessness for a good cause versus recklessness for a negative cause? Well, who outcome. gets who gets to decide if it's a negative cause or outcome,
0: right? That's I mean you're right. That's fair. So we is we, Zhao
1: convinced that doing this is a good thing.
0: And I think that that's a, I think Zhao ja, is ja saying if Zuko dies, it is a unfortunate circumstance of me catching the Avatar and killing the Avatar. Yeah, but we can't excuse that right and so like we can't i think he does i think lord ozai does so uh, this
1: is an important thing because a lot of people like this is this is the line at which people are like empathy can be a bad thing and i want us to be very clear that we like Zhao made the wrong is a is a jerk like he's a bad guy correct not to him though but to him, we also understand that he is making a decision where he believes he is making the right choice. Yes. And I think that's an important distinction. We don't, like, condone the fact that he is making this choice, right? We, right. We, we condemn the fact that he's making this choice. This is not a good, like, how, like, this is a bad choice that he is choosing to potentially kill an entire ship, an
0: entire ship full of people. Right? Right. To
1: capture this one person.
0: Yeah. Right? And I see what you're getting at is, and what it is, is a lot of times we think of empathy as understanding where someone's coming from and then excusing their behavior because of it. And that is not okay. And that is not what empathy is. Empathy is understanding where someone's coming from. You still have to hold people accountable for the decisions that they're making. Yes. And I just,
1: I want to be very clear about that because, it like, empathy without accountability can be reckless. Yes. Right? And I think that it's important for us to talk about that as we engage. And we often talk about how we can, we often empathize with the person who is committing an atrocity and doing something that is wrong, right? And I just want us to be very clear that we are not condoning their actions. We are seeing where they're coming from and seeing their perspective as they make those decisions. And I
0: feel like, I don't know if I really want to get into this. I feel like we see this in abusive relationships, and um, I am not well versed on the data behind this, But so this is a hypothesis, this is a feeling, um, anecdotal. It seems to me when when I hear of people that are making excuses for being in it, they are empathizing with those things on why someone might do that. Um, that doesn't make it okay well and I think that's the and difference I'll, between yeah. empathy and enmeshment right right
1: and I and I, I agree with you that it, that might be a lengthy discussion that we want to reserve for potentially another episode maybe it'll come up at another time but um, that's just something
0: for you all to think about as you listen to this um what comes up for you as you heard that right so you can empathize with commander Zhao. you can understand why he is making those decisions and the thought process that led him to those decisions it doesn't mean that he's off the hook for them in, in the eyes of what we are seeing morally um but he is believing that he's in the right right on this so he lets zuko through and then Aang gets to the fire temple well and, and even then
1: like to demonstrate that this was reckless, like, Sokka falls off. They, ca- some point they, in this. Like, they get him back. They get he... him back, but, like, he falls off. Like, he almost, almost got scorched
0: marks. Like,
1: there was, this was, there was serious danger here. This is illustrating the fact that there was serious potential for them to get hurt or to die, right? Right. And so I just think that that just illustrates the fact that and underscores
0: my point that this is reckless behavior. Moving on. Angus to the Fire Temple, all the sages show up and say, we are the fire sages. To, for, the Avatar. for the Avatar. And Aang goes, well, great, I'm the Avatar. And they go, we know. And they start, to, and they start to attack him. Um, Aang and them run. They start to run around. They're running all over the place. Um, and then we go back to Zuko and Iroh. Oh, no, sorry. And then uh, one of the sages meets them and says, hey, I'm not trying to hurt you. I've got a secret path. I want you to be able to speak to the, the fire... Or I want you to be able to speak Ooh. to Abakar Al- Roku. And did you find it interesting that...
1: In order to demonstrate that he was trusting... He had to, like, bow down, get on his knees... And, like, surrender in almost a physical way. Well,
0: and that's what I think it is. is. I'm so willing to... I know what you can do. And I'm willing to put myself in an incredibly defenseless position... In front of you to show trust please trust me and do the same because yeah honestly the first time i watched this episode i still thought that he could turn on him at some point um and so he opens up a secret passageway they go down it and then he starts to give out more exposition on um hey this is what the sages used to be about once my grandfather was a part of it Lord Ozai shows up um and or before Lord Ozai the, the prior Lord who started the war demanded that they are only serve him and you know my grandpa was forced to do that I know that that's not the life I want to leave and I know that I need to help you and betray them and so we get a lot well, of that I find it interesting that
1: he uses that word like I'm going betray to betray them the other he says that right yeah. that,
0: that's the word he chooses right and it's think, almost like it's contextless. It's almost like it's not. It doesn't have a negative connotation in that moment because we know, we feel as the audience that he's in the well, right. It's,
1: it's so morally driven, right? I have. I knew that I had to betray the other sages, right? And like I think that is not only takes what what immense courage that requires of someone to go against all of your coworkers and say, no, this is truly what's right. Yeah. This is what's moral. Like, think about how alone he probably feels. And everybody else would call him reckless. Like he's disregarding exactly. what the consequences. The like I imagine that the Fire Nation sees his behavior as like one hundred like maybe not all of the Fire Nation, but like the people who are on board with Fire Lord Ozai's agenda are probably like, this guy is not only a traitor but a reckless traitor who is submitting in like subverting the entire potential that we have yeah right and it's all a matter of perception and perspective and like in this moment for this for the audience he's clearly portrayed as like a good person but to think about it from the perspective of a fire nation individual who sees that it's like it's terrifying to think about like that fire nation person and how betrayed they truly feel Mm -hmm. right how truly betrayed they feel like because they believe that they're acting out of something that is true and real Mm -hmm. right and so i think what that raises for me is how when we are so against what something something that is happening in our world politically religious like In our religion, in our culture, in our society, whatever it is, when we are so against something that is happening, how do we talk to the people who are so convinced that what we believe is wrong? Right? Right. Because everything that we do seems reckless to this other individual. And And vice versa. And vice versa. Yeah. Right. And so, how do we bridge that gap between us so that we can have a conversation that is real and true because i don't know that i know the
0: answer well, I, I, part, I think part of it is you go back to the prior episode when Aang's dealing with this this forest spirit and god you're so right he has the potential to fight this spirit he has the potential to assume that this spirit's just coming in to destroy everything but he takes the time to assume the best see what's inside and then have an understanding of where that spirit is coming from but then is it if where they're coming from is not okay well, you got to hold them accountable and you got to have that conversation but you got to say tell me more tell me why do you feel that way tell me more why do you feel that way tell me more what show what data shows that tell me more like you have to seek to understand, but for us, we get to this place of name-calling and dehumanization, especially when we can't think of the argument or craft the words that we want to say. We resort to the the lowest thing we can do, which is attacking the person. Or we say, "I agree." We, uh, let's just agree to disagree and we don't engage in the conflict w- and this whatsoever. it's just an excuse
1: to not have a conversation. I just, it makes me, I, I'm literally filling up with like, I'm, I'm feeling grief right now around the amount of people in our culture right now that don't feel capable of don't feel any agency, if you will yeah. around being able
0: to have a conversation Well, because the way we have those conversations is incredibly reckless
1: Yeah, and but. so like, how do we create a safe container where it isn't reckless, where it's comfortable, and not, not comfortable because it will never be comfortable, but like, how do we create
0: it like, where it's safe to do so And that even goes back to earlier in the episode when Zuko kicks down the door for the villagers when he's looking for Aang because he doesn't have the skill set on how to have that conversation and get the information that he needs without violence. That's the only thing he has to resort to in that. And so he has, you know, when you don't have the skill set of how to have that conversation and do it in a way that's respectful to everyone involved and you don't practice those things, but you have to engage in those conversations... To to get good at them, we have to breed competence yeah. around these conversations, and so otherwise it's reckless. And who's feeling betrayed? And so he goes back. So when we go back to our sage, who is self proclaimed betraying the other sages because he knows what it is is right, and he helps along the way. Then we get to Zuko. They craft. He crafts a plan. All right, if Commander Zhao wants to follow my smoke. I'm gonna let him do just that, but I'm gonna use the smoke as a way. I'm gonna take a smaller ship. Still reckless,
1: in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, and fruitless. Like yeah. futile, yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> they, they still capture some. Clearly. He gets to the he gets to the Crescent Island before everybody else does, but um, it doesn't work. And so then we get to this really cool moment. Um, we learn that Sokka's intelligent. We well, yeah. Um. So he plants zaka plants bombs in the door of the temple because it takes five simultaneous fire blasts to open the door. Yeah. Sokka tries; it doesn't work. But then they realize, oop, doesn't matter. It looks like it works, and. Momu like is able to fly into... <laughs> you get her
1: Moo Momu, Momu, Momo. Moses
0: flies into the... <laughs> flies into the... Is able to get through the door through the pipes and pretends to be on the other side. So when the sages do show up, they sit there and say, Oh, he's inside! Open the door! So they open it for Aang. But. But Zuko's there to hold Aang. Aang still... Slippery gets away, um, so close though, and gets through the door, but just barely, and at the expense of his entire team getting captured.
1: Well, and then like, I'm. It's really interesting to me that, like, what was his plan? Like, because the all of the sages are there; they're clearly gonna. Be, he didn't know that Avatar Roku was gonna enact some the door. Avatar power.
0: Yeah, right. We didn't know that was gonna happen. He's, yeah so at that point he doesn't know what the consequences are he just has to he has to, act he, has he, to, has to he has to be there when that thing hits and it doesn't matter if every well, if everybody else is around does he still get to be in a place where he's able to hear the message <laughs> there's this concept that's it's it's called the secret and there's this there's a movie about
1: it there are books but it's essentially like the premise is if it is if you if you will it it will become and that is the secret <laughs> right. If you will it, it will become. Seems easier said than done. Right. And but like, and this is a moment where like, it, the universe is conspiring to help Aang. and that's what it feels
0: like. Right. Everything starts to slowly work its way out so that he's able to get there. Right.
1: And it just seems as though the universe is on his side, and I think that's that's partly because he's the protagonist. That's partly because that's what like we are current. We are yearning for him to succeed. Right. And so I, I just think that it's interesting that, where does faith come into play here? And I, I, I just, I wonder, and we're not looking at this episode through a lens of faith, but I, I sometimes I wonder, is faith-
0: Well, it's just hope, we've talked about that. Yeah,
1: but like, I, in almost in a, in a different way, this feels different to me. It's not just hope, it's like I
0: believe well it's hope plus action right maybe and then so and then it is a belief that it has to work like you've got no other options it's got to work like that's the place they're at is that there's no what ifs there's no plan b is like it's just this has to work yeah and so they just go after it and so but it's again i think that agency that we talked about last episode plays a huge role in that yeah he's got to make the actions to do it and he's even if those actions are reckless yes um yes that's so true. And so... Jao shows up. Zhao shows up. Aang's in the temple. The doors get sealed behind them. The firebenders try to open it again. Doesn't work. Um, and Zhao captures everyone. Kind of says, Oh, hey, we got a traitor. Because they got Zuko at this point. We've we got, know we're going to get got the got, Avatar. We, we got it's another like, traitor. You know, I appreciate why you did it. I'm sure the little commander will, or uh, Lord Ozai will have sympathy on you sarcastically and uh-huh. then and then and then we get he um, waits big flashback or not
1: flashback but like insight into what's going on mm-hmm. we learn a this is a huge turning point in the series we not turning point but like this is
0: like driving the momentum for the rest of the series correct the solstice hits roku's eyes Roku starts talking to Aang. Gives him the layout. Says, hey, it's been a a while. I've been waiting for you for... A hot minute. A hot minute. Aang um, talks with them, and they start to understand where his powers are and and what's going. And Aang kind of says... And Roku says, hey, I'm going to give you some guidance. One, I'm always here with you. So you're going to be able to find me whenever you need me now. Two you got to learn how to do all the uh, all the elements by the uh, by summertime because a, a comet's going to fly by and uh, if you're not ready the world's going to end so like legit like, Yeah. like legit like it
1: said he said even the avatar will not be able to restore balance if this happens yep and i think and so part of me i have two schools of thought here part of me is like is that true is that just him lighting a fire in Aang is like what what is the like is that really true or is that like is that actually true that it's like oh no like this happens the world is done yep right and so i i'm, I'm interested to on your thoughts on this like is this a moment where he feels hopeless if this doesn't happen or is this a moment where the avatar truly
0: will be unable to restore balance and i think it is i but i've experienced the entire series and know what that final battle looks like and so that i think it is i think it is a if we we don't stop this the world will end um it was like a jerk yeah all yeah the worst supremely power hungry um we'll get to that much later and, but, I mean, that's a lot. That, we Now, and not only does Aang have to restore balance to the entire world and be the Avatar, but he's got to do what all other Avatars took years to do. And master the elements master the the in ele- six
1: months. Yes. Right? He has to master... No mas-
0: other Avatars had to do that. No.
1: No, 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 no. That no. we know of. I bet no other Avatars had to do that. Yeah. They say it takes... Years to master. Each well, and elements. like you have to think about like the discipline and the self, not, not just the discipline, but the self mastery that is required. And we learn that like when he has to go through when his the guru comes in and teaches him so much. And it's just like there's a lot of self work that Aang has to do. And I think we're really lucky and blessed that he has all of his past lives to live on because it feels like it's easier for Aang because of the amount of help he receives from his past lives. Yeah. And I really think that's interesting for us as a concept because how do we rely on not necessarily our past lives, but our, our elders, how do we rely on the people who have made mistakes ahead of us where we can learn from their mistakes and we can learn from the lives that they have lived so that we can be better? Instead right? of reliving it. Instead of reliving it. Yeah.
0: Right? Absolutely. And I think that part of that, I wonder if part of that, too, is just the acceptance of, like, even from the elders of, like, the way that I did it is not necessarily the right way. Absolutely But I've lived not, it, right? so, like, you don't have to relive that. Like, yeah. you can do something and pave your own way. Um, not necessarily the, well, I did it this way and I turned out fine. Like, that doesn't mean it couldn't be better. Well, and that's, I think that's, a, I'm fearful that that
1: is a lens that many adults try to teach through. Is this worked for me? It's the only lens that will work for you because this is what worked for me. Right. Right.
0: And so, like, which is not what Roku does. No. Roku says, "Hey, you got to master these things. I'm here for assistance, but like, good luck. Like, you got to find. You got to do it on your own. Yeah. You know, you've got to find this path. You know, he could have said, like, I did this, this, and this, and this, and this, and you should do those things too. But it wasn't. It was." You've got to learn these things. I can help. I can point where the destination is, but you're really gonna have to create that roadmap and do what works best for you, um, which is interesting. And then he says, "Hey, by the way, you got people waiting out there for you. I can help you escape, but only if we act now." And that door opens, and those firebenders start <laughs> slinging
1: flames. Yeah, hey, can we talk about how Zhao says? No matter what happens when those doors open, unleash all your firepower. Yeah. Right? And I think, like, what does that say about Ozai? Or not Ozai, about Zhao in this moment? Because he is, like, unle—like, there are, like, ten firebenders there. Yeah. All of them unleashing all of their firepower. Like, he's aiming to kill.
0: Yes. That is my assumption in this moment. Like. Well, and it didn't matter if Aang was there or not. They were just going to sling it. And so it could have been a waste, right? Like, I, they don't lose their energy, but over time they get more tired and, like— it weaker, just seems... though so, I just... I, I, should have been the plan. I question
1: that order because it seems like a reckless order. It seems like he's so driven by his goal that he's not really considering all the possibilities that could happen when he opens that door.
0: When, again, is he acting out of shame from previously getting defeated by a 16-year-old and not being the commander that he thought he was? And so now he's got to prove... That he can kill the avatar. Well, and it, frankly, he still loses. So, but like, well, he does because you see Avatar Roku, and even like, uh... <laughs> avatar, it's... as soon as the smoke clears, you we see this fireball take all the flames together and then Whoosh. just redistribute it. And Avatar Roku's there with his blazing well, and, lights, and, and like, again, this think... is the moment in the show where I was like, "I'm in." Well, like, and it's I'm like you so what, in. And what
1: you see here, it, it, I love the level of artistry. From the way that they did this because the level of mastery that Roku shows of the element of fire and just bending in general mm-hmm. is incredible. He's able to melt these chains without burning, burning the people involved. Yep. He's able to, like, there's so much minute detail in the amount of control that he's able to exhibit over these elements that is like, this is what mastery looks like. Yeah, And I think that, like, What an incredible picture this portrays and displays
0: of what a fully realized Avatar looks like. And he's doing it, so once he dissipates, we realize that Aang was the one who was doing this. Roku was using Aang as a vehicle. Yes. So Aang is the one who is, like, doing all of this stuff. Which means he has the power to do it. He's got the ability to do it at this point with guidance, but he wrecks that temple... They have taken it down and so even in this moment you've realized that avatar roku understands that what is going on is not okay and he's a he was part of the fire nation right and so but he's like nope this is wrong i'm a part of this this is wrong and i'm gonna do something and i think it's really important that we realize
1: that avatar roku was part of the fire nation because we will learn this later in the series but like Avatar Roku being a part of Fire Nation and still recognizing that the Fire Nation is wrong is going to be a pivotal and like a paramount point as we discuss this later. Mm-hmm. So I just think that this is really laying an incredible amount of groundwork and foundation for the later in the series. Again, an incredible world building on the part of the writing of these of this show,
0: right? Just, so just all, the, all the fire vendors run because they know <laughs> they're, like, they're in trouble. Can't they're deal just, with can't, Roku, <laughs> can't deal with this so they run um and then at that moment Aang and them disappear on the Appa shows up mumo shows up um, <laughs> i can't deal with it i can't do they, it <laughs> they get on Aang and they they fly off into the moonlight but even before that happens um we get commander Zhao again and he punishes all the sages and the sages are like but it wasn't uh, like only one of us betrayed you and he goes as far as i'm concerned you all betrayed you're me. all traitors yeah and so at this point he is over um passing over judgment on, on what should be going down because again a, dealing I with, think out of because shame. of the shame
1: yeah. that he's dealing with
0: around failing
1: again he failed with again children. so it's
0: not his fault it's everybody else's fault Mm-hmm. because he got beat by another child yes um and so and then go off into the moonlight and then that wraps the episode and so this yeah. is a huge episode this is big we learn a lot and we see some of the most action of like what Avatar can really do. Yeah. We see what Aim a, is we like see what Aang is working towards. Yeah. Right? And he has a lot to do in six months. Yeah. And you'll notice that like all the Avatar states that we see in the future too are like very calm and collected people. Like they're very much like Hey, this is what needs to happen.
1: Well, so this is <laughs> they're really mentally all together there too. So, uh, the next question is, what else from the episode do we need to talk about? Yeah. And so, for me, one of the things that really is important to talk about here is we we brought up a theory uh, on episode three with the Southern Air Temple uh, around the Avatar State, mm-hmm. and my theory around that was that it was like. It's like your self mastery or lack thereof
0: is dictates your your avatar. States. You're less likely to control it if you're not mentally capable. Of Correct
1: it. and uh, mentally, emotionally, we saw spiritually that,
0: well, capable. Well, yes. uh, the other discussion too is that it's a stronger avatar state when emotions are connected with yes. it because it wasn't just survival, but the grief was a part of that. Exactly. As well. So
1: my my theory here is really it, it's interesting because. Avatar Roku takes over, mm-hmm. and Avatar Roku has led a full life. He has, and I, I wonder, is it by nature that the Avatar must master themselves in order to master the elements, right? And I, I I'm thinking what we see here
0: is that the answer is yes. Yes, you have to do a lot of self work, right, to to truly master everything that you need to.
1: Well, and I think it's really interesting and potentially unfortunate that this series portrays that there can only be one avatar because it illustrates, like, can you have self-mastery if you only have control of one element? And I I think the answer is yes. But, like, I I think that by nature of the way that we are doing this podcast, like, at the end of each episode, we're having a different element that we're analyzing in ourselves. And I, I, I think that we need to realize that we have a little bit of each of these elements in ourselves and that we have the potential to nurture each of them and to master each of them in ourselves so that we can again master that emotional hijacking so we don't go into a avatar state that is destructive but we instead can be have this self-mastery where we have control over ourselves because we are so aware of how we react and we are so aware of our emotions etc that we have the capacity to go into a Avatar state that is more like Avatar Roku's here.
0: Yeah, I think you see that in the way that we engage with others in our world outside of the show. The way that we engage with others, the more self-mastery someone has done for themselves, allows them to be more self-confident in what they know. Um, it allows them to be more aware of where their pitfalls might fall into. Um, But because of that, they tend to be better about the way that they engage with other people because they've done that work. Yeah, and I just,
1: I really feel compelled to say that, I keep on dropping things, sorry y'all. I feel compelled to say that when we are, when we are working with people, it is our responsibility to master ourselves and to work through our own emotions before we go and do something destructive when we could potentially have prevented it by learning more about what we're going through. And so it feels reckless to me to go into a conversation where we are not aware of what emotions we're feeling.
0: Leading into it. Leading into it. You have to understand that. Right? Well, it's how likely, you know, we have We talk in our conversations about the story that we tell ourselves the very time something, you know, first happens yeah and that Um, first
1: draft is often like our brain rewards us when we complete a story whether it's true or not like neurobiologically storytelling is something that we go through and we tell ourselves stories and if we can connect a narrative whether it is true or not if it seems logical our brain rewards us with like dopamine etc where we get a, a neurobiological reward even if it's wrong yeah and so we have to be so hyper aware otherwise we are at such a potential for doing something that is destructive
0: well and and in the same vein a story (laughs) that i share with uh people that i work with staff that i oversee because we run a lot of after school sites we work with a lot of kids um a story that i share with them very frequently is one that's called the brick and it's about this guy who buys a car um, brand new mercedes and he's driving it down the road and out of nowhere he drives through a neighborhood and he feels something hit the side of his car, and he steps out of his car, and he sees a dent and a brick and a child on the, on the side of the road. And he immediately launches into, like, how dare you? Like, what are you thinking? Were your parents? Why would you yeah, ever throw a, terrible a brick? Kid, like, right? you are the worst. Why would you throw—you just you just damaged my car. Like, do you know how expensive this car why was? Why would you do this? And the kid immediately tells him, he says, hey, I'm sorry, but my brother's in the backyard, He's in a wheelchair. He fell out. I can't get him back in, and I, I needed help, and I had no other way to get anyone's attention. And that, and that immediately changes the narrative. And so it, are we going through life getting hit by a brick and immediately jumping into the understanding or like of what we think happens without look, seeking to understand what is actually going on and how does that affect it? And so we have to be able to step back and say, this is my initial reaction. I understand that that may be unfounded. When we get cut off in traffic, right? Like That person's the worst. We have no idea what's going on in their lives, but we are telling ourselves that story. Yeah, I think I'm my worst person when I'm driving. Yeah, absolutely, I'm the same way. But, you know, what's the story we're crafting, and then how do we step back and say, I understand that this is a story. I need to go in and do- dive in deeper to figure out what's actually going on here. Um and so that's what we have to do yep anything else about the episode before we move on to our final thoughts i think i covered everything that i want to cover i feel good about that and so we will be back in just a second with our final thoughts on recklessness and air for our final thoughts again we're doing this from the element of air today and we're gonna talk about recklessness Ben Pruitt what you got for me so
1: air for me and recklessness combined uh, led me to think about how I like, I'm, I'm really not a reckless person in fact I think sometimes I overthink things to my detriment and so I am potentially too careful and I really wanna embrace like, the, the free spirit of, of air and of the free flowing wind and the breeze and being able to go where the wind takes me and just the nature of air that is, that is free and not held back by anything. And I feel like often my, my thought processes and my overthinking and my analytical side holds me back and doesn't let me just fly and so i think for me what's coming up and is rising up in me is that i really want to just let go of the risk sometimes and just take that risk and do something that i just want to do and this comes up with like my my dating life it comes up with like applying for reach positions that i may want to do it, it's like there are things that I hold myself back when I really don't need to, or maybe I do. I just it's this over-analytical side that I really just want to kind of drop that and be free, and take that time to just let myself engage in reckless behavior sometimes because I think that's moderation in every everything with a little moderation is okay, you know. Aside from like you know heroin and things like that
0: <laughs> but like as a general rule i think it that... takes some risk
1: yeah i just want to take some risk yeah
0: i think for me i this past episode i was really inspired by the the rogue sage and him being reckless but doing it for the right reasons and um so for me i think it's where do i find those areas where i get to be a little bit reckless where i am playing it safe um and by playing it safe i'm potentially not Creating as much positive change as that I need to be doing, or I'm not standing up for what's right as much as I should be. Um, and I'm in a position of privilege a lot of the times, and so how do I use that to be able to be a little bit reckless because I have the privilege to do so in that way and to, and to stand up for what's right in different aspects of my life that maybe I'm being a little bit too silent on now. And so I think that it's how do I, how do I do that? Yeah.
1: Well, and sometimes air can be silent, and sometimes air can make noise, and I think
0: it does both, and I think it does it well. So, and sometimes you need to make a little bit of noise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening again to to episode eight of, of *Bending Not Breaking*. Normally, we are able to tease what the next episode will be is, um, but we don't know yet. We uh, we just finished disc one of the Blu Ray, and we're going to dive into to looking into what our themes are going to be for this too um after this and so but be back because it is gonna it's guaranteed to be a fun time and it's guaranteed to be hopefully insightful and enjoyable and a good breakdown of, of Avatar the Last Airbender. Um so please come back for that. But thank you for listening to this. Um I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And I'm Ben Pruitt And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Have a great night or day or whatever time you're listening to this. Bye bye.
1: And don't forget that we're with the Ark of E. 来吧